Hello, Emerging Writers. Welcome. We're so glad that you could join us today as we sip tea and discover our inner storytellers. My name is Stephanie, and I'm joined by my best friend Kayla and my sister Jordan. Hello. Hi. As we cuddle up in our blanket fort this week, we'll be talking about world building and all the varied aspects that go into it. Kayla, do you want to get us started? Absolutely. I think the most important thing to note straight off the bat is that when it comes to world building, you need to ease people into the world that you're creating and that to just dump a bunch of information at them is a really easy way to disengage readers. Yeah, I agree with that. If there's a lot of information being tossed at you in the very beginning of a book that you don't really have a context for or a reason for needing to know, you're not going to remember and it's just going to seem heavy. And if you're not interested in the plot already, the little details aren't going to matter because you're not going to want to read the book. Yeah, especially when you get into high fantasy, there's a lot of world building that goes into it. And a lot of times, because you've put so much work into that, you want to like share it all because you've figured out all these cool things for your world and your story. And you're like, it's all pieced together and it all makes so much sense. And it's so perfect and it's so cool. And I just want them to experience all of it. But a lot of times it's unnecessary and it can like take the reader away from the story if you spend too much time just like throwing that at them. I feel like that's a really hard thing about writing, especially when you do start a, an original project and have the whole world and all the characters. It's so hard to cut down to what is just necessary in your story and not extra things that you just know that are interesting because like those things inspire you to write I think and they're really interesting but it's not what the uh, consumers want to read out of your story mm -hmm. and it's so hard not to just throw all those little things in I I think sometimes the little things that get thrown in are easier to be edited out once they're on the page than to stop yourself from writing them yeah but it's definitely something that you need to watch out for because you can easily just bog down a story and a plot with like, and this is how they deal with the gold coins as opposed to the paper money. <laughs> and it's like, no one has ever cared about this. I think the way to handle it is in the way that you introduce this new information. Because if you're acting, if you're having the characters act like it's normal, and they don't like bring attention to it, then the reader starts to piece stuff together on, on their own. Like if you want to explain how the money system works, it's really boring for a character to sit there and explain it to someone else. But if you have someone go up to a vendor and they try to pay with coins and the vendor's like, oh, that's not enough, you need bills, or like we only take plates here or whatever. Like yeah. actually having interactions explain parts of your world feels one more organic and then also it naturally weeds out the over explaining I feel like because otherwise you have your character sitting there talking for a really long time and like that'll just get edited out yeah that's true it really does matter how it's brought up because little snippets of them interacting with the world and it being different than the reader's world um i think are nice little bits of flavor text and really make you believe in the story and in the world that's being told about whereas if a character just in a dialogue spends six paragraphs talking about stuff in a summary no one wants to read that and like it depends on the story itself, how much time you're going to need to spend on introducing all this information. 
like there's a, a learning curve for these things because if you're writing a story that's pretty heavily set in modern times but it just has some fantasy thrown in then there's a whole lot less that you're going to have to teach them but if it's high fantasy where pretty much everything you're introducing to them is loosely based on the real world but is original then there's a lot more to have to get them to understand and you're going to have to spend more time with that that being said, even if it's modern, if you're setting something up in like a different culture, then there's still going to be that learning curve. Uh, I kind of took a bit of a break from my novel that I was writing because I got to the editing and revising part and just realized that there were so many holes and needed to step back from it and take on some other like fun writing projects that had been kind of simmering <laughs> simmering in the back of my mind for a while and one of them for whatever reason my brain was like ah this is set in like a, a Chinese fantasy world yep definitely is and I was like cool I don't know anything about historical China or really China at all so I'm having to do a lot of research right <laughs> now to figure out what is important to pull from it so that it's identifiable Mm -hmm. as inspired by China, but not so heavy-handed that it feels disrespectful if I change something because I don't want it to actually be historical China. I just want it to be, like, loosely based off of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of research that I have to do for that, and it takes a lot of time away from the writing, but world-building does in general, and so you have to be careful about spending too much time on it because if you're sitting there doing your world building forever, then you'll never get writing. Yeah. I think it's definitely a fine line between being overprepared and, you know, you can't be underprepared because then, like you said, it's not it's not realistic and it doesn't do justice to the world that you're trying to convey, especially if it's something fantastical or, you know, something cultural like we have. <clears throat> and I'm someone who prepares a little bit less. I tend to write and then do some more preparation and rewrite and that sort of process. And I will say once I know the bare bones of the world that I'm in and once I kind of know the feeling of it, I'll just start writing because I get bogged down in research. And so when uh, when I come to something where I'm like, gosh, I know nothing about it, I'll give myself like a bracket paragraph of like, look up the sort of musical instrument and how it's played and I find it easier to keep going with the flow of the story and trust that like um uh, like I know enough that it's not going to be major revisions it'll just be like researching fine-tuning because mm -hmm. it's so easy to be like well I'm gonna spend five hours researching instruments and musicians and bands and this is all relevant I need this and then I just don't write yeah I do the same I also make myself notes to look up something later because as I've worked on different projects I realize that I cannot write and do research at the same time because I'll totally get sucked in and then just start being on Pinterest and going down the rabbit hole and then I won't write for that day so I leave myself a lot of notes for what I need to add in in a second draft, adding in the relevant details and stuff? I think it depends on what exactly you're trying to write about, how much is an appropriate amount of research to put in before you start writing. 
like for the one I'm doing right now, I don't know pretty much anything about China. So mm-hmm. it's important that I do a lot of research before I start writing. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing something that's pretty high fantasy, uh, it's very likely that you're going to be inter- your character will be moving around in this world. And to make it more realistic, there should be different sorts of cultures, which should be based on and inspired by real cultures. Like it might be a conglomeration of different aspects of different cultures, but it still requires an amount of research to be put in so that you can make these new cultures up. Because unless you're someone who studies culture for a living, you're probably not going to know enough to be able to just go in and write. But if when I am writing stories that are set in more European medieval sort of settings, I have enough of a grounding to feel comfortable just starting to write and then doing some fine-tuning research later on. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on what you're writing about. Yeah, I think the more alien your world is to yourself, but also to your readers, the more research you need to do because there's so much that goes into creating a believable world. If you're doing something like urban fantasy or realistic fantasy or like horror set in modern day, that sort of thing, the groundwork's already there. We don't really need to know how money works. We don't really need to know like the religious or political climate or the different cultures or the like different tensions within cultures. None of that, like all of that can kind of on assumption be based as it is on the real world unless you specifically state otherwise. Whereas with fantasy and sci-fi, a lot of that has to be touched on to make it feel like a believable, magical place. Touched on, but maybe not necessarily gone into depending on its importance to the story. Like unless your character is a merchant or does trade, maybe you don't need to talk about money very much. Or if you don't have like a war climate, maybe you don't need to talk about how the military works. Mm-hmm. Like it just yeah. depends what the focus of your story is, what's necessary for you to go into. But for you to understand your world and for your characters to interact with the world in a believable way, it's probably stuff that you at least need to have an idea of, even if it's just kind of vague. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from your character's perspective, you have to have a detailed amount of knowledge for the things they're going to interact with every day. Like if, if they're a baker or a cook of some sort, you need to know what the foods look like in that world and what the like resources and things look like a little bit. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to know that stuff before you start writing. Like you can make it up as you go, but it's just stuff that you should be keeping in mind is probably something that you should know about the world at some point. Yeah, I think the discovery part of writing is what really compels me to keep writing. I am definitely someone who does not plan ahead in too much detail because I like the discovery of like, oh, what do they eat? Oh, does she have a car? (laughs) But then if you do it in that way, you have to realize that you're going to have to go back and rewrite little clues for some things to make it seem like you always knew that information. Yeah, that's true. And so it's a little bit more work on the like back end of things instead of on the front end. One of the cool things about world building and I guess what the idea of it makes it so fun to me is there's so many different aspects of life and knowledge that can be brought in to it. 
and you can spend more time focusing on one area as opposed to another based on like your interest level and your knowledge level. Like someone who studies geography can spend a lot of time making maps of their world or someone who um, is a linguist can make full different languages for the world. And people who don't know as much about that can kind of just brush past the idea of, oh, well, they sound like this or they, you can't understand them. And I think that's really cool because it's a place where people can really utilize their strengths mm-hmm. in crafting something that they're really passionate about and they're really excited about. Yeah, I think languages especially are really interesting when a book really creates specific dialects or languages for their characters. I like that, like in Tolkien's work, you know, the elves have their own language and people kind of latched onto that and learned to speak it. I think it's really interesting when you can do something like that and put the dedication into creating a new language. Like obviously not all fantasy or what is that? Is that fantasy? Yeah, it's fantasy. Um, Not (laughs) all created fantasy. Oh, okay. (laughs) Not all fantasy has a focus on the languages or gives people their own specific written out language. But I think if you can do it, it's an interesting thing to do. And focusing on your strengths is a really good way to make something memorable. I've seen books where they've gone into detail trying to make languages that are more fleshed out, similar to Tolkien. And I've seen ones where they kind of throw words in here and there and kind of add like a basic grammar idea, but don't go into it too much because that's not their expertise. And then people who do something similar to what I feel most comfortable with where they just kind of vaguely describe from the outsider's perspective of like what it sounds like because it's difficult to understand because you don't know it. And that way you can kind of brush over, oh, they're speaking a different language. I can't understand it. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have to try and create something because if I was to listen to a language, I don't know. It just sounds like a garbled mess to me. I'm not going to make out distinct sounds. Yeah. So it's a nice shortcut. Yeah, that's definitely not something you have to focus on if it's not a passion of yours. I don't think anything's lost if you don't. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in general, the most interesting part about writing is seeing how different people approach similar stories. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can take the idea of like an outsider goes into a magical world and has to like save the day and a thousand different stories are going to come across from that. And the interesting thing about that is people focus in on different stuff. You know, some people really just dive into character relationships mm-hmm. and the fantasy world is kind of a backdrop. It's like like a movie town yeah, where you can town. tell that everything is just wooden planks painted, you know, <laughs> yeah. like those cheesy old like black and white TV shows. Yeah. And then some people, it's like, wow, I could walk through this. (laughs) Like, I bet he knows what the garden of the baker's house looks like. I don't know why everyone's a baker. Maybe I just want bread. Are you hungry, Kayla? (laughs) I went grocery shopping and got bread. (laughs) Just bread, nothing else. I need those carbs. (laughs) I got jam and bread, and I was like, ooh, my breakfast is going to look nice tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, that's where I'm at. But, like, yeah, I think what's interesting is some people really dive into the world building, and then people do it in different ways. There'll be a focus on the languages and the cultures, or maybe it's a focus on the religions of the world or on the... um, 
magical aspects like the fairies or the dragons or the you know what have you Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. some people all of that's just kind of a backdrop for them to have their like romance or their thriller or just to make them elves or something gun show or something (laughs) yeah they're like i'm gonna have a western like gunslinger moment but i'd like them to be elves and vampires (laughs) and it's like okay that's all i need to know about that world you've set up (laughs) but um I think that's the compelling part about writing is that everyone takes such a unique approach to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why people should uh, look at world building as such a fun, exciting thing, because Mm -hmm. you don't like you don't have to dive into every single thing on this bullet list we're kind of creating. You can really brush over the stuff that doesn't interest you and then just get to all the meaty bits with what you care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some broad topics that you should probably like go over like you should know how generally your world works like um the basic science of it it should probably fit our basic laws because that's what we as humans understand but from there you can take it a step further because now you're in science fiction or now you're in fantasy now you can add technology that doesn't exist yet and maybe be the catalyst for the idea of it someday existing, like mm-hmm. Star Trek. Yeah, or, or you can add different creatures. Yeah, you can make new species. Um, you can work on magic systems and decide how you think magic would work in a world because everyone handles magic differently. Yeah, it's such a you know made-up concept. You can just do whatever you want. Sometimes my kids will ask me um, questions about like vampires because they've watched the first twilight and they'll ask me like how it works i'm like well this is a made-up thing so people just do whatever they want and the rules are totally different depending on what you watch and that's okay you know Mm -hmm. it's still interesting as long as you kind of own whatever it is that you've decided you're going to base your world on or your characters yeah species and like different creatures are always really interesting because people take them in such different directions Mm -hmm. like they can go wildly different and try to make creatures that are so different from anything that we have here that it'd be basically unrecognizable or maybe they'll kind of base it off of or just straight up take from like typical mythical creatures Mm -hmm. like dragons or pegasus Mm -hmm. or unicorns or griffins the Dragons are obviously a staple for fantasy that people go with. But even then, we've been we have different ways of describing dragons, like even different cultures have different ways that they view dragons. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting how people handle it, because even some will just take our creatures. Like uh, if you look at Avatar, I think they handled it really interesting. The Last Airbender, the the show, not the movie. (laughs) Um. (laughs) They handle it really interestingly because they take our typical creatures and then like combine it with a different creature and then just make something (laughs) really weird and different. And it's kind of fun. I really enjoy that show, too, because it's so clear that the cultural inspiration there was uh, Asian cultures. And I think you don't get to see that a lot on American cartoons. Yeah, I really like how they handled that. And I'm actually trying to take inspiration for that myself and figuring out what the balance is that I want for this current story Mm -hmm. that I'm kind of working on because I want it to be clearly influenced, but I don't want to be like chained to all of the nitty gritties. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I think when you look at creatures and magic and all of that, not only is it what's in the story, but what what do they believe? Like, what's their myth and myths and boogeymen? And I think it's interesting to play up on that and to touch on, you know, what are that? What's the average uh, citizens like fears and do they believe in creatures? like under their bed, you know, and if, if there literally are creatures and monsters in that world, do they have deeper fears or, you know, are those just their fears realized? Yeah. That's a really interesting idea. Like, do they believe in the boogeyman and does the boogeyman actually exist in this world or not? Yeah. Because those are things that you can decide on and you can decide what their, like what stories they tell their kids at night, what God's, or like origin myths that they have for things, stuff like that. One fantasy book that comes to mind that does that pretty well is, I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but bear with me. Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss Mm -hmm. has some of the best world building I've really ever read. It's so clear he's thoroughly, maybe even obsessively, (laughs) researched and thought about his world. And there's a couple of passages at the beginning while the main character is in this uh, traveling theater troupe that goes like, you know, from town to town, region to region. And so they talk about, you know, oh, well, in the north, they fear, you know, the shambling man or in the south, they fear this and that. And even just brushing on that made me think, wow, that is something that like people really believe in is a huge part of our culture but I don't often see that in fantasy worlds as being a part of their culture I like that presumably as I have not yet gotten through name of the wind um but based on what you just said that like oh in the north they fear this Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good idea to consider that different areas and different cultures based on where they live, what resources are scarce to them and important to them, and what struggles they've had in the past, that will influence their fears. Mm -hmm. So like cultural beliefs, religious beliefs, uh, historical struggles, stuff like that, that will influence what sort of things that they believe in, what sort of stories they tell, what sort of fears they have. Yeah. Even just the basic geography, you know, if you live by the sea, you're going to have a lot of different fears than if you live by a forest or in the mountains. Stuff like that plays a huge role. And then as you dive deeper into the worlds and cultures, it's even more. But uh, then there's kind of universal fears and universal uh, myths and folklore. Like there's, you know, there's like Eastern dragons and Western dragons in our world as if there's more worlds (laughs) but uh different cultures have come up with different ideas of the same fear and so I think it's interesting in fantasy worlds and world building touching on that can kind of lead the door open to like oh well that's a real thing in this world you know and I think uh there's some really amazing things you can do when you play with myth and also with history too you know, a world doesn't really feel real unless it has a past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it's just briefly touched upon, you don't mm-hmm. have to write out a full historical story from creation to present. 
Yeah. But having just an idea of maybe just what they believe how the world was created or if they believe that there's gods or a god or do different places believe in different gods why what what's the importance do they believe that their like religion is superior do they oppress people because of that like there's so much that meshes together and like intertwines one section of story building directly influences the other so there's just so much that you can do and so many different ways that you can go about creating and religion is really such a universal thing uh Everywhere you go, there's different religions and different regions and variations on religion. And to not have any of that in your world, like your main character doesn't have to believe in anything. Most of the characters in your story don't have to. But there should be some belief in something bigger than yourself somewhere in the world. Because that's just how worlds work. You know, that's how cultures work. Yeah, that's how we explain the things we can't explain. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And every culture that you're in, no matter if you're writing something completely made up, like they still need an explanation for how they got there and why these things happen. And mm-hmm. yeah, like and that. you can have sorry, oh, I didn't okay. mean to cut you off. You can have a universal like beliefs bigger than yourself that aren't necessarily about a god from the world. You know, it could be about you know the new machinery or like a steampunk view like it's just belief in something to make the chaotic world logical and to make your character feel like a part of something bigger than themselves Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's really important to imbue into your world somewhere another thing I think you can take kind of directly from our world or things that happen is like prejudices against other people or other species because that's something that throughout the ages is a thing prevalent yes Mm. it always happens no matter like the group changes and what you do about it changes but throughout history in just human nature it's a thing so I think that's something you can also play with and when a world has interesting dynamics between different groups I think it definitely feels more real Mm -hmm. yeah um I think giving reasons for why people have those biases, like maybe it's because they've fought in the past, like their different cultures have been fighting in the past, or maybe they did have slavery and that like biased people against the other race or whatever to think that like they're lesser than them, or maybe maybe you're having characters explore new lands and so they just don't understand the culture and these this new species and what we don't understand we fear and like playing on different aspects just giving reasons for why this exists yeah i think those things that are just kind of inherent in human nature are important to pull on because it wouldn't just go away just because it's a different fantastical world i do think with some prejudices and things like that sometimes it's refreshing to not have to deal with it in a fantasy world you know as a queer person I really like when I don't have to read uh worlds and societies where that's a problem for the every character who's not straight but um I think you either have to make it uh if it's similar enough to our world I think you should include some of it some of the prejudices that happen in our world so that it it feels 
like a true representation. But if you're doing something or at least like touch on it, like, oh, it's not like that anymore or something. But if you're doing something that's outlandishly different, there's no reason you have to set it up in the same power structure that happened with our current modern climate because you have an entirely different history to your world. You have different cultures. It doesn't have to be like dominated by the same sort of people that dominate our world. And it also doesn't have to have the same prejudices. Yeah, you can make up whatever makes sense for your world. And like, you're completely in control here. It's your discretion what is or isn't a prejudice and why it is or isn't. Mm. Like, you don't have to make the same like hierarchy structures as we have here. Like maybe it's not a patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Maybe the sexes are equal. Maybe there aren't even just two sexes. Maybe there's more than that. Maybe it's a culture where women are revered because they're birth givers. And so they have more power because they bring life. Like there are cultures that are like that. You don't have to base it off of what we in our more typical or what am I trying to say here? You don't have to base it off of European history and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and American history. You can base it off of different cultures and they have had different struggles. They have had different life experiences and in some ways, maybe more interesting ones, because if you start touching on those, then it's refreshing and new. And if it is a complete fantasy world, you don't have to bring in the exact same issues that we have in our world today. Maybe there isn't a reason. Maybe there's no like religious reason for people to um, think less of like transgender stuff maybe maybe that's something that's revered in that culture because I, there are there are cultures where it's there's like i think it was a native american culture or something like that where if you were born if you felt like you were born into the wrong body um you were seen as like a special spiritual entity or something like that i think i think it's called two spirit yeah something similar yeah something like that yeah or um yeah there's no reason why you have to imbue all of the same power structures into your fantasy or uh sci-fi world that you that are the power structures we look at in current day like you know perhaps you're writing a sci-fi book with an alien planet and skin color has nothing to do with anything yeah it's treated like hair color you know Or like you said, maybe there's multiple sexes. Maybe gender is treated or viewed differently. It's uh, you don't have to have a utopian society by any means, but you don't have to give it the same problems that ours does. Mm -hmm. Well, And and if you're not focusing on social issues, then maybe you don't need to really touch on those prejudices as much. Maybe you're busy looking at politics or maybe you're writing a romance like maybe those aren't as important and you need to be focusing on different issues in your world building. Yeah, like I'm writing an urban fantasy-ish thing (laughs) and uh, sexuality and the patriarchy plays quite a bit of a role. But because it's all set in like a city and a small town, 
there's not as many, most of it's set in a small town, there's not as many diverse cultures and there's not very many like country to country things because the characters don't leave the state, much less the country. Mm-hmm. And so there's just different things that are a focal point in that world. Yeah, I think that's one of the areas you just need to know your world and know the story you're trying to tell um, and knowing what your goal and what you're trying to communicate with that story is, is going to help you figure out which details you need and just having a clear idea of where you need it to go. Yeah. So before you really start trying to like answer literally every question you possibly could, which would take forever because you could be doing (laughs) cultures, geography, like map layouts, uh, the economy, economy, the legal system, you could be figuring out weather systems, what places will get more rain and why, (laughs) and you can figure out science and wildlife and laws like you could go on forever building a world because there's so many aspects to the world that's why we have people that study like one specific thing (laughs) their whole life in ours and never touch on anything else because there's so much to each little individual piece of how it works yeah no one can possibly figure out everything for this world and honestly no one's gonna care about (laughs) everything you figure out for the world figure out what you need to know to make it believable and for your characters to fit into the story you're trying to tell and for them to feel like this world is alive and they're alive in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say, though, if you really enjoy world building, then maybe try to view it as a side hobby. and But don't count it as writing because that's not going to mm-hmm. get your story written. But we don't want to discourage you if you want to figure out every tiny piece of your world. Please do if that's what brings you joy, but know that that's a very different thing than writing. Yeah, personally, I think story, sorry, storytelling is fun. That's why I write. Um, I think that world building is super fun. It's really interesting to me. It's, it's like fitting together this big puzzle that I get to create all the pieces myself. And then once I figure out like some new idea and like, piece it together with the rest of what I have and start building this picture bigger and bigger. It's just so much fun to me breathing life into this world that I've created myself, but I can spend a lot of time on it. And if, if I spend too much time on it or don't force myself to write, then I never will. (laughs) Yeah. Because I could go on forever figuring out the history of it and different cultures and how they interact with each other and what sort of language patterns they might have, which influences how they view the world and everything. Uh, Like you could go on forever. I really like your puzzle metaphor because I just got a vivid image of me working on a puzzle, putting down three pieces and going, I freaking hate this. (laughs) And then walking up. And that's how I approach world building like 80% of the time. I'm like, well, what do they believe? And then I just walk away from my computer for a minute. I really enjoy the process of writing, but if I just sit down with like a notebook and I'm like, I'm going to figure out all of the backstory, I'll get two paragraphs in and I'll be like, no, I am not. (laughs) This is not done for me. (laughs) I have to 
be writing the story and writing like you know all of the bits of the prose the emotion and the descriptions and then I'm like oh yeah of course that's what happened to them two years ago and of course that's what they believe and it comes together for me that way a lot of mine does that as well I'll realize things as I'm writing be like ah cool this (laughs) makes sense with a thing that I wasn't sure about a long time ago (laughs) so I try to make notes of those little things like Yeah, make sure that whatever I just discovered is accurate for the beginning of the story. Yeah, a lot of times world building ideas will happen in the middle of writing or when I'm just like reading other things because I I like to learn a lot. So I'll end up reading about a lot of just different things and something will spark an idea of like, oh, well, this is what they believe because this happened or this is a folk story they have about these two lovers or, oh, there's definitely this mountain pass over here and they believe that it was two sisters who died. And like, it just kind of goes crazy and I end up just naturally building this world and a history just because like I'm always thinking about how I, or like thinking up ideas for that and whether it fits in this story or the other one or, or whatever. But it's basically a, a constant thing I do because it's just really fun. And clearly not everything I think of will ever get addressed in the story, but it just adds to the world and it gets me excited about it. And I think those are the two most important things about world building is one, it gets you excited about the story and the world that your characters are in. And it also breathes life into everything that's going to happen. So now we pass the question off to you guys. Do you enjoy world building or is it something that you kind of put off? Do you hate putting that puzzle together? (laughs) Get frustrated and walk away? Or are you like me and you will do a thousand piece puzzle any day of your life? (laughs) Join us on our Facebook group, Writers Emerging, or follow us on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. Links, as always, in the description. And we look forward to seeing you next week.